News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Messias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Welcome to episode 140 of the Luke Messias Show. Uh, Three episodes ago, we brought you episode 137, which was how did Stephanie Click kill a ban on gender transitionary uh, therapies and surgeries on Texas children. And that episode got a lot of great feedback. Thank you so much to so many of you who provided us feedback. We hope more Texans um, are able to listen to that episode. And also, it's a very kind of process-heavy episode, which, again, is I'm just warning you, is a little bit of what today is going to be, too, because the sausage is supposed to be complicated, And Austin has complicated the sausage-making process, so it's harder to find out whose blood is on whose hands. And that's what episode 137 was dedicated to explaining, and that's what today's episode is dedicated to explaining. We're going to explain how Greg Abbott, Dustin Burroughs, and Dade Phelan killed a ban on gender transitionary therapy on children. And there's a couple other little actors, Jeff Leach, Jared Patterson, Shelby Slauson. They get their hands... Uh, messy in the process. At one point, Matt Krause jumps in front of a bus, um, which we'll talk about as well. Um, but but we're going to kind of set the stage. So if you haven't listened to 137, you might want to go back and listen to that one because it kind of gives you an understanding of what brings us to late April. Okay. Now, January 12th to May 31st is the legislative session. There's four and a half months to pass a bill. It's quite a bit of time. The legislature always says, oh, it's so little time. The truth is they can get anything done they want to get done. And let me explain the big message of today, which is that if Republicans want to pass something, they can pass it. And if they don't want to pass something, they kill it. That's how it works. The process is designed that way. Democrats could not stop a bill to ban the gender transitioning of three, four, and five-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 11-year-olds, the puberty blockers on little boys, any of these things, the genital mutilation surgery. Democrats couldn't stop it if we wanted to ban that practice, which over a thousand kids are getting in Texas. So we start on January 12th, and this is where Abbott enters in, and then he's going to kind of bookend. So he'll be at the start and the end of this episode. So understand this. The governor refused to support this legislation all session. All session refused to support the legislation. This was a top priority of the Texas Republican Party. 95% of Republican voters voted to say they wanted to ban this barbaric practice. But in January, February, March, and April, when we get late April, Abbott has still not even taken a position on the issue. He hasn't said what he believes on the issue. He's silent. So that is one of his roles. And often what Abbott does, and in fact, Politico has written about this and others, but we have a governor who often kills conservative stuff quietly by not taking a position on it and then telling the lawmakers, signaling to the right ones in power, I'd rather not move this piece of legislation. And then when they don't move it, they're the ones who fall on the sword. And that's kind of how the process works. Remember, the people above you in this hierarchy of elite elected officials, you have to serve and be loyal to the ones above you. So by April 27th, which is where this episode kind of starts, our timeline starts. At this point, Stephanie Click has done all of her due diligence to slow roll this legislation as much as possible. Legislation, some of which was fired, filed in November. That's dying in her committee. The new bill, which Matt Krause filed, has now passed out of her committee on an April 27th that gets to Dustin Burroughs. There's 30 days left in the session. And all this bill has to do 
is be placed on a calendar, receive a vote from the House, go to the Senate, and it will pass the Senate in a couple days. The Texas Senate passed multiple bills on this issue, and they all took several days to do. They know how to get it done on the Senate side when it comes to this issue. So the House is literally 30 days away from the end of session, over 30 days away from the end of session. And it just takes a couple days. You take a bill, you put it on the calendar, you get a vote on it, gets kicked on over. And three, four days later, a bill's going to the governor's desk to be signed, and we're three weeks from the end of session. So how did this bill die? And that's what we're going to explain. On April 27th, this bill got to Dustin Burroughs' committee, and he is the king of his committee. He can do whatever he wants. He can bring whatever else he wants up. He cannot bring anything he wants up. He is the ultimate decider of the calendar. And everybody else on the committee just kind of is loyal to him. That's how it works. As soon as the bill got to his committee, a number of activists jumped into um, gear. And Chris Ekstrom and Sid Miller released a radio ad that basically accused Dustin Burroughs of slow rolling the legislation. Um, They actually said, hey, we've got an opportunity to ban sex change surgeries on these kids. Um, And this is what Sid Miller said in the radio ad. One man is standing in the way. That's your representative Dustin Burroughs of Lubbock, who chairs the calendars committee and is holding up the bill because of woke, woke, woke corporations are putting pressure on him. Please call Dustin Burroughs now. And this is on April 27th, so it gets to his committee. Now understand that Dade Phelan and Dustin Burroughs were slow walking this bill up into that point. The whole process is designed from on high by the speaker and his top lieutenants to say, how can we make sure this stuff is taking as long as possible to move through? That way we have as little as little time as possible that we have to just block and tackle and, and kill it. So this is where Matt Krause jumped in front of uh, the moving bus that was on its way, headed for Dustin Burroughs, and he leapt to Representative Burroughs' defense. He said, uh, this frustrates me. He called it misinformation. He said, HB 39 just got to the calendars committee last night. There's no slow walking here. That's what he said. Now, in, in Representative Krause's defense, I know what he has said publicly multiple times is that he just doesn't believe that Burroughs was slow walking the bill on the 27th. Okay, I think that what we now see is that he did, which means he started on the 27th. I would even go so far as to say he started before the 27th. Don't think that your legislators are as naive as they will present themselves. Stephanie Click did not operate in a vacuum. Dustin Burroughs didn't operate in a vacuum and Dade Phelan doesn't operate in a vacuum. These people are working together. Stephanie Click passed it out of her committee but sat on that bill and sat on it and sat on it and sat on it for like a week, a little over a week, instead of just passing it and getting it to the calendars committee immediately. We've seen bills literally get voted out of committee and be received by the calendars committee the same day or the day after, and this took eight days. Dustin Burroughs and Stephanie Click are talking at this point. They all know what's happening. It's all part of the slow walk. So I do think the accusation that he was slow walking it on the 27th was correct. Representative Krauss disagreed. He tried to publicly kind of provide cover for Dustin Burroughs. And then Dustin Burroughs slow walked the bill for 13 days. He slow walked it until May 10th. So remember... um, Well, there's two kind of things to understand. One is that May 12th 
is the last day that a bill can pass the House, even though May 31st is the last day of the session. And that is a self-imposed deadline that the House gives itself, where it says we will not take up and consider any House bills after May 12th, or actually May 13th, um, I think is technically the last day that a third reading bill, so second reading. Anyways, this is going to get really overcomplicated. But May 13th and 12th are basically the last two days that the House is moving these bills from a finality perspective. And um, and so April 27th, he gets it. And at this point, he has from April 27th to May 13th to make sure this bill passes on third reading on the House and goes over to the Senate. 16 days. And he sits on it. 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 And the Calendars Committee meets every day to set the next calendar or two days from now calendar. And they could put it on at any time. All it takes is one member saying, I make a motion to place HB 1399 on the calendar for April 29th, May 1st, May 2nd. A couple words. No one had the courage to do it. Tom Craddock, Ben Lamont, Jared Patterson, Shelby Slauson. None of these people had the courage to move that legislation, period. And so they didn't. Cole Hefner was there, Cody Harris, any of them could have made this motion. They didn't make it. And, and they didn't make it because Dustin Burroughs didn't want it on the calendar. And they're ultimately there to serve Dustin Burroughs. You'll hear people say, you know, I want to serve my people. But nobody in their districts were saying, hey, please just sit on this for two weeks. Any of these members on the committee that didn't place this on the calendar were serving Dustin Burroughs and Dade Phelan. That's who they were serving at that moment in time. On May 10th, the House Committee on... Uh, calendars decided to place 1399 on the calendar okay this is actually like the ultimate offense to any grassroots republican texan out there so shelby slauson makes a motion uniquely to put hb 1399 on the calendar for may 12th and why do they do it they do it at this point because there's a lot of pressure that's been building up for 15 days or really at this point 13 days And they've all been getting hit by people saying, why aren't you doing anything on this bill? So Shelby Slauson says, I'm putting this bill on for May 12th. That way she can tell everybody at her home, I put the bill on the calendar. I'm the one who made that motion. So she puts it on the calendar. All the Republicans on the committee vote to put it on the calendar. This is on May 10th. They say May 13th is the deadline. May 12th is the last day that a bill can have second reading. Put it on for May 12th. The last day. And then later on in that same meeting, Jared Patterson said, hey, I've got a lot of other bills to put on that calendar. That calendar. And, and there's one other thing I need to point out about Shelby Slauson, which is that she didn't make a motion to put it on major state. She made a motion just to put it on uh, the calendar, the general state calendar. And this is one of the other actions that Shelby Slauson does bear responsibility for, and she should answer. Why didn't she place it on the major state calendar? So here's what you need to understand. On May 12th, it has to pass on May 12th. Major state are the first things taken up. These are things that we consider to be really big policy. So that we take, the House takes up those issues first, and then they move on to the general calendar, all the other bills on that calendar. And at the end of the day, once the, once the clock strikes midnight, it's done. So if she had placed it on major state calendar, we might have actually got to it. But she didn't. She placed it on the general calendar. Why? I don't know. You'd have to ask her. A couple motions later, Jared Patterson moves to put a slew of bills. And I mean like, I don't know, 50 bills on the calendar. Each of these bills take a tremendous amount of time. 
So he says, put all these bills on the calendar too. And then when the calendar gets published, HB 1399 is way down at the bottom of the calendar. Jared Patterson, Shelby Slauson, Dustin Burroughs have completed their job at this point. They got the bill on the 27th. They waited till May 10th. Two days before the last day, it had to have a second reading vote on it. Shelby Slauson put it on the general state, not the major state. That way it could be stuck wherever. Jared Patterson put another 50 bills on there. That way it could get pushed further and further and further down. And then Dustin Burroughs publishes the calendar with HB 1399 way down on the list. It's weird that everybody specifically voted on 1399 first in the meeting, but yet it got stuck way down at the bottom of the list. Why? Because in order for it to die on the 12th, it needed to be low enough on the calendar where the Democrats can then do the chubbing. And that's what happens on May 12th. The whole Democrat caucus gets together and they say, hey, all we have to do is just debate very heavily all these other bills that Jared Patterson put on the calendar and we'll never get to 1399. And they didn't get within 20 bills of 1399. So there was never a shot. In fact, I remember a couple state reps saying the second it was put on there, the second that bill was put on the calendar, everyone knew it was dead because of where it was put. That is where the blood of the dead bill is on the hands of Dustin Burroughs and Shelby Slauson and Jared Patterson. And so that bill died. It was never voted on. And that gets us to then May 14th. Now, here's what's crazy. The Senate had already passed a bill, Charles Perry's bill. So while this is all going on, you're like, well, You killed it. Now you're going to have to kill it again. Charles Perry's bill is in Stephanie Click's committee. It says that transitioning these children is child abuse. Well, Stephanie Click doesn't like calling it child abuse. She's a weak Republican. We're used to all these weak Republicans. They don't understand what child abuse is, which is transitioning a child. So she's not going to move the bill, just like she didn't move Steve Toth's bill. So then the Senate bends over backwards and passes Bob Hall's bill, 1311. So this is the second bill the Senate has passed on this issue. And they're given a Hail Mary hope to try to save these kids. So they send 1311 over to Stephanie Click. Now, Stephanie Click at this point, she's kind of already done her deed. She's already done her job with 1399, slow rolling it. She can move Bob Hall's bill a little faster. Okay. So she moves it a little faster, tries to take some credit for it, look all strong on the issue, even though for months she slow rolled this entire process. Um, To try to give it a hope. So on May 19th, the the House receives Senate Bill 1311 from the Senate. And Stephanie Click was telling everybody, I'm ready to move this bill fast. If I get this bill to my committee, I'm going to move it fast, which is really funny because she slow rolled for months. But now she's like, I'm going to move this bill fast. I'm telling you, if I just get it, I'm going to move it fast. And they had to pass it. They had to get it and pass it quickly. So on the 19th, they get it, and they just need to refer it. They could have referred it on the 19th. They could have referred it on the 20th. We've had bills show up and be referred within an hour. But Dave Phelan, ultimately at this point, a lot of this was being orchestrated by Phelan and Burroughs and their offices. But this is when Phelan actually has to himself kind of do something as well. Because while all of his lieutenants have been very loyally killing this piece of legislation, it's now on his desk, Senate Bill 1311. And Stephanie Click, remember, she's sitting there going, golly, Dade, I'm the one who took all those bullets and slow rolled it. If this is going to die, I'd really rather you kill it. Because I, if you said it to me, like, I'm going to move this sucker out immediately. 
And he knew that. Stephanie can't fall on the sword a second time. So as soon as she gets it, she has to vote on it. So now Dade, in order to delay it, has to sit on it himself. So this hot potato lands in his hands, and he holds it on the 19th. And the 20th hits, and he's holding it on the 20th. Now this is where Jeff Leach comes into the picture. Because we were about to see for a couple days how long Dade Phelan would sit on this hot potato and hold it to himself before he let Stephanie Click have it. And every single hour he held it made it more likely to get killed, which he knew. They all know how the process works. But on May 20th, Jeff Leach kind of, he did it all. He almost pulled a Kraus, to be honest. He kind of jumps in front of the bus. Okay. So it's like, don't take the pressure off of the one guy who's killing this bill, but he felt like he needed to. So I'm going to show you a picture real quick of, uh, of Mr. Leach. But he got up and made a motion. And, and he was mad because there were, there was a set of bills um, that were supported by a lot of Democrats and Representative Leach and quite a few Republicans in the House. They had all pushed this criminal justice reform that uh, the Texas Senate was not taking up. Dan Patrick and some of the senators did not support the legislation. And so they were slow rolling that criminal justice uh, reform that Jeff Leach and these Democrats wanted. And so this picture that you'll see here is actually of Jeff Leach, and he's surrounded by Sinfronia Thompson, Joe Moody, Michelle Beckley, Chris Patty, Chris Turner, who's the chairman of the Democrat caucus. Um, all of these Democrats, by the way, all fled to D.C. So these D.C. fleeting Democrats are all with Jeff Leach, and they're rah-rahing, and he says, if the Senate's not going to pass criminal justice reform, then we're not even going to meet. And he makes a motion that the House adjourns. For three days. So now Dade Phelan can't refer this bill. And he's leading the efforts. And everybody, of course, goes nuts because the entire Republican Party at this point is trying to rally people to call Dade Phelan to say, refer the bill, refer the bill, refer the bill. And then he says, oh, man, I can't refer the bill because Jeff Leach just shut the house down for three days. Now. The strange thing is Representative Leach also tweeted this out right after that. This is on the day that he uh, put the House at ease for three days. So now the bill can't get referred and therefore the committee can't have a hearing and they can't pass the bill out and they can't send it to calendars who could then put it on the calendar potentially because he's made a motion that says shut the whole place down. So then he gets up and he says – will be angered and saddened if SB 802 and SB 1311, this is Charles Perry and Bob Hall's bill to end this barbaric practice, are not calendared and reached by the deadline. These bills are common sense solutions to protect moms, children, and families. They should get debate and a vote. We cannot fail this moment or fail to deliver on these vital issues. It's just very silly. Tony McDonald said, uh, y'all left town before Senate Bill 1311 was even referred to committee, thus killing it. Monique Worthy says, angered or saddened at who? Democrats or yourselves? And that's really the point. You're the one who shut the House down for three days, and now you're going to be angry? At who? Anybody who voted with you to shut the whole House down? Because y'all now can't get to this important bill. On May 23rd, the House convenes again. Now, at this point, it's already too late. I'm just going to be honest with you. The bill is not going to pass, and everybody knows it by the time they come back to the 23rd. But still on the 23rd, Dade Phelan didn't refer the bill, even though you could just let it go. Now it's almost like he's just sitting on the hot potato. 
And now it's like, well, I'm just going to hold it for another day because everyone knows I've killed it. In some ways, you could respect Dade Phelan because uh, he just was showing everybody, I know what I'm doing and I am sitting on this for another day because I don't support this bill. This is the Republican speaker who Jeff Leach also has said is an amazing leader. So he's angry that these bills are dying, but not angry at the person that's killing them because that to him is a great leader. I don't understand, but this is how politics works. This is the way politicians talk. There's a hierarchy. You have to serve the people over you. And ultimately, the session ends and all these Republicans have played a little, their little role in it. And that's when we come to July. This is how we kind of end. So Governor Abbott did not support this policy at all, all session. But as the summer went on, he's kind of more in a contentious primary. And so he's talking about different issues. And all of a sudden, he brings up the fact, it was actually at a TV press conference, that, oh, of course, I support banning this transitionary therapy and sex change surgeries on kids. I always have. Now, always have is an interesting word that he used at that point. I remember watching that interview going, always have. How can you have always done something you've never done? But that's okay. So then on July 19th, he was on Mark Davis's show. And we're going to take a listen to this conversation. Mark Davis is talking about what's on the special session and then specifically asks him about um, the transitionary therapy. Take a listen. Some people have said it seems pretty thorough. All kinds of really good things are on there. There are a couple of things where people went, hmm, why isn't this on there? And one of them was, even though on the on the crazy issue of gender bending, there is uh, the initiative to keep a boy from being next to your daughter on the track team and they're competing in the track meet. But curiously, absent was a notion of a law to make it illegal to carve up our kids or, or pump them full of hormones in order to change their sex when they are still minors. Why wasn't that in the call? Because we have another solution that will address that problem uh, that will be announced shortly. Um, um, I know you would like me to announce it on your show. And, and maybe I'll be good. Uh, but but not, not, not today. Uh, but uh, the, the solution should be announced within the next week. Uh, I'll, I'll be candid with you. I'll tell you what everybody knows. Uh, and, and that is the chances of that passing uh, during the session uh, in the House of Representatives was nil. Uh, and Why? as a result, I why, why in, the, in a conservative state with Republicans in charge, a law that says we're not going to let you carve up your 10th grader because he thinks he's a girl, uh, how in God's name does that not pass in Texas? Uh, I, can't, I, I can't answer for that other than uh, I, can, I can gain the odds. However, what I can tell you is I have another way of achieving the exact same thing, uh, and it's about a finished product as we speak right now and may be announced as soon as this week. So I will will respect your timing on that and just ask one more thing, that when that solution does make itself known, will will the end result, if, as you said, the bottom line is what matters, is that that crazy parents and crazy doctors will not be able to try to turn girls into boys and vice versa in the state of Texas? Yes. Okay. Um, So driving around. So that happens. And uh, that's on July 19th. He says, any day now we're going to do something on that. They wait about two weeks. And then Greg Abbott sends a letter to DFPS. And uh, here's what's really sinister about the letter that he ends up sending. He's very, very specific. 
And I really appreciate Mark Davis's question here because he asked him, wait, okay, you're telling me the legislature doesn't support this. And I'm actually going to, I kind of got ahead of myself. So first, let me tell you one thing. The Senate had already passed this twice. Uh, He said, well, the the votes in the House, it's not going to pass the House. Okay. And Greg Abbott is about to his, his interview here confirms basically this whole episode that we talked about because he said the chance of it passing are nil. And Mark Davis's argument is, what are you talking about? This is Texas. You're saying the votes aren't there. And he says, oh, I can game the odds. And what is he saying? Because what he's saying without saying it is, Mark, it's not about the votes. Stephanie Click, Dustin Burroughs, Dade Phelan, Jeff Leach, Shelby Slauson, Jared Patterson, they all played their part in making sure this bill didn't pass. And all of us who know how it works watched it happen. We know how it's going to work. It's not going to pass. I would argue that most observers would tell you that Greg Abbott was kind of with the Republicans at that moment in time. And I think the letter he sent to CBS proves my point out. But he's basically saying, yeah, the whole episode 140 of Luke the show is correct. This thing ain't going to pass. Now, Matt Krause went around and diligently advocated with Republican lawmakers to say, let's sign on to this bill. And so he actually ended up getting more than a majority of sitting state reps to sign on to his bill in July because he actually went to the governor and said, you're wrong, governor. We got 76 co-authors. There's only 150 members. This bill comes to the floor. It's passing. The House can pass it as long as it's on the calendar. Still not pointing the finger at Dustin Burroughs. Representative Krauss never pointed the finger at Dade Phelan. In fact, he said the governor was wrong. So he said, no, all these things that Luke Messias said happened didn't happen, I guess, was his observation. Or he was saying, no, what you're saying is we don't have the votes to pass it. And he didn't say that. He said the chances of it passing because he's saying, look, all these guys oppose it. Now, what most of them would tell you is, well, look, yeah, but that guy who's saying we oppose it also doesn't want it to pass either because none of them want it to pass. They don't want to deal with the issue. And if you're wondering, well, Luke, how do you know Governor Abbott doesn't want to deal with this issue? Read what he sent to CPS. So he sends the Texas Department of Family Protective Services a letter. And he says, hey, is the surgical removal of little children, of a child's genitalia, legal or child abuse under existing law? Here's the sinister aspect, because you might read that and go, awesome. That's a great letter and a great question. Here's the thing. First of all, it's not illegal under Texas law. That's why we need to pass a law to make it illegal. There's nothing in Texas code that says this is illegal, period. But that's not the biggest problem with this letter he sends. The letter says is just this little aspect. So I'm going to give you just a little reminder of how this process works. They start transitioning these kids at three and four and five. And it's all this brainwashing they're doing. And then they have like a coming out birthday where they say little Tommy is actually little Alice. And little Alice is on five. We're going to officially change his name to Alice. And they go down and they change his birth certificate to Alice. And he's a girl now. And then they call him a girl. And then they go enroll him in school to girl. They tell all of his public school teachers to call him a girl. They call him a girl. His friends call him a girl. They call him a girl. They're brainwashing him all the way. But then they have to stop little Tommy's in this situation, his puberty. Because even with all these people trying to brainwash you, you'll still revert back to the, the sex or of your birth if you hit puberty. So they have to block the puberty. So they start putting puberty blockers on them. 
And they do that. And here's the truth. For, for females, if you pull them off the puberty blockers, they'll eventually mature in many instances. But the boys, if you pull them off the puberty blockers, even in their mid-teens, they won't mature. They're done. You've chemically castrated them. Now, the governor's office knows this. In fact, they took two weeks just to write three paragraphs of a letter. They know what's happening. But they don't include any of that in their question to DFPS. Let's say of the 99% that transitions a child, they only ask DFPS about the last 1%. Is this one little sliver at the very end where they actually fully mutilate the genitals, which happens very rarely as a minor. Because sometimes it takes so long to transition them. You're not going to do that till later. Is just this little thing illegal? To which DFPS, the chairman who works for him, says, yes, it's illegal. And then all the headlines go, oh, Texas says this is illegal. The funny thing is, it wasn't but just a little bit after that that Don Huffines called out Greg Abbott, and we talked about that because he called out Greg Abbott for um, for basically, you know, DFPS actually encouraging and celebrating these transgender youth and saying that these children that are being lied to and um, are, you know, should be celebrated. So that same state agency, which shows, again, the hypocrisy of, of all of this whole process. But um, Mark Davis asks Greg Abbott, wait, 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 wait. Are you telling me the net effect will be that this won't be legal? He says, yes. And he did the opposite. He wrote a letter that kept all the puberty blockers in place because all his letter needed was to say is the surgical removal and the blocking of puberty Child abuse. And then DFPS could have said, yes. Why didn't they say puberty blockers? Because a ton of kids are getting puberty blockers. They're literally, in fact, read this. This is the Texas Tribune talking about this. Greg Abbott directed the Texas Department of Family Protective Services top officials Friday to determine whether some gender confirmation surgeries for transgender children are child abuse under existing laws. Abbott vowed last month to take action to restrict transition-related medical care for transition Transgender minors in Texas. The move Friday comes months after a bill that sought to define several types of gender-affirming health care as, as child abuse was passed by the Texas Senate before gaining little traction in the House. But medical experts say that gender-affirming care for trans, transgender children rarely, if ever, includes the use of surgeries. Abbott cited in his letter Friday to DFPS Jamie Masters, most Uh, Most care for transgender children include social transitioning and puberty blockers. Catch that. So you're asking DFPS Commissioner Jamie Masters, is the thing that most kids never get illegal? But is the thing that most of the kids are getting illegal? He didn't ask her. Therefore, she didn't answer. She never answered the question. Brian Slayton sent her a follow-up email. State representative from East Texas said, hey, are puberty blockers illegal? And she said, oh, I'm going to let Ken Paxson decide. And Ken Paxson still hasn't decided. Guys, they're all part of the plan. They all had to work together to make sure that kids are still getting transitioned. And every single one of the people I've told you on this podcast were all there. And they had a little role to play, and they played it. And I know this is a complex, complicated, process-oriented episode. I honestly started recording it and, like, stopped. I told 
um, our production team here just stop. I was like 11 minutes in and I, I had confused myself to be completely honest because it's, it's not easy to explain. And I don't know if I've done it justice, but I hope I have. I hope that I have at least shown you within this little window of time between April 27th and July when Abbott is having this conversation. They all have to work together to make sure that kids keep getting transitioned. They have to work as closely together as the parents and the transitionary doctors and the child psychologists have to do to brainwash these kids. It takes teamwork to make sure that these kids can still get transitioned and they're being transitioned in the Lone Star State. And I don't need to say this many more times because like y'all are done and probably tired of me ranting about it, but I'm going to keep talking about it because it's happening. And it's happening on Republicans' watch. They know it's happening. They're having to specifically write letters in such a way to make sure that even if you say the thing that we want you to say, all of the puberty blockers and transitionary therapy are still legal. That's where we are at in Texas. And you have to know where we're at in order to know where you might have to go. That's episode 140 of the Luke Messias Show, guys. I hope you've learned something. Um, and uh, it's been um, it's been sobering to realize just how hard we have to work to save some kids um, because you have to understand that the default position of the Texas elected elites is that they um, they have a lot of other bigger priorities. This isn't one of them. God bless you, and God bless Texas. Thank you for listening to The Luke Messiah Show. This program is brought to you by Scorecard Media. Check out texasscorecard.com to read up on all things Texas. Scorecard Media has other podcasts as well. Yeah, they're not as good as this one, but you should still check them out. Honestly, though, visit texasscorecard.com to see all the content they're producing on a daily basis. If you'd like our podcast to grow, please consider subscribing to the show on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review. That helps others find the content we're producing. Thank you. God bless you, and God bless Texas.